Who's the person you turn to when you need advice? The person who gives you confidence and strength? The person who's been your biggest support? The person you shop with, ask their opinion and trust them implicitly? For me, it's... Hi, Ma. Hi, Del. As a mother and daughter, we know we have a close bond, but each mother and daughter relationship is unique and different, and that's exactly what we want to explore. Each week, we'll sit down with mothers and daughters and talk about their bond, from the ones who work together to others who have survived, shared passions, overcome loss, and in general, have a great relationship that is worth sharing. This is Mothers Mothers and Daughters Daughters Podcast. Podcast. Hi, Ma. Hi, Del. She wasn't ready. (laughs) I was just having a moment. I caught her off guard. Yeah, having a moment. How was your birthday week? It was nice. Do I get a week or just a day? Well, we did talk about it last week and we'll just debrief I had a very nice day, especially it was meant to be hailing and storming and, you know, terrible weather. And so I was thinking, oh, my gosh, it's going to be a disgusting day. And it was a beautiful day. It was the sun was shining and spent it with friends and family. And, yeah, it was was just lovely. Yeah, it was a nice, nice day. Another year older. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. You'll be right. Well, I felt better when somebody asked me my age. Was I older? Not, not. I don't think they were saying it because I looked older. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, 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 I'm not that age yet. And they went, oh, you're young. I went, oh, okay, <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> All it takes is someone call it, saying that you're young. Yes. That works. That, that makes you feel so much better. So much better. Yes. But it was lovely. Thank you mm. for also making it such a special birthday. It's a pleasure. Again. Oh, can we have a moment to talk about sex in the city? Okay. All the men are back. Oh. All awesome. of them. That's really good, and they must have been paid a lot. I mean, that they they have not shared. So mum and I have a love for Sex in the City, in case you didn't notice. Yeah, I think people used to be amazed that I would allow you to watch it. You allowed me to watch Pretty Woman and and Dirty Dancing when I was young. I mean, we're going to talk about. Yeah, I just, people (laughs) would say, oh, you let her watch it. I'm like. Oh, yeah, okay. she watches it with me. Yeah, it's just Awkward well, it's, it definitely was our love. I mean, is yeah. my all-time favorite, all-time favorite. It's another one we can friends. put on. Maybe we can put that one on the list too. Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, well, especially that when you moved to New York, you I said I just feel she's going to be she- my <laughs> best friend. <laughs> I'm going to. I just High have hopes. this. I just have this feeling. Like, I came oh. pretty close. I met Andy Cohen, who's her best friend. So I was one step away. And I did but meet you did. her. I did meet her. You yes. did meet her. When that was we, your encouragement, yes, though. when we were in a beautiful restaurant for Mother's Day and they rocked in as a family. And when, so we were aware that they were there. I could hear her voice. My, I couldn't see her. I heard her. And no, but we saw them walk in. We, yeah. And, and uh, they, but I heard her voice first and I yes. perked up. And then when they were leaving, I said to Jordana, go, go run, get her. Run. And Jordana's looking around. I'm like, go now, <laughs> your last opportunity, go. And she took after her. And then? We're not best friends, but no. it's okay. It wasn't, you know, she was lovely though. I asked for a photo and she said, I'm with my kids. Um, it's Mother's Day, it's Mother's family Day, time. And I said, oh, I'm actually going to see you at a talk. And her son said, oh, why don't you ask mum for a photo then? And I thought that was so nice that she wasn't, she wasn't nasty about it. She was very honest. 
But you didn't get the photo. I didn't get a photo. And we're not best friends. But we'll get there maybe one day. Never know. Maybe. Maybe we'll put that on also the list. Must must do list to interview. Well, as as Tam, who is one of our guests today, would say, I've just got to manifest that and then it will happen. Happen. Yeah, that's kind of that she's a very um her ammo. I guess both in her her and her mother, very relaxing yeah. people mm. that they, yeah, they just go at a different pace, obviously. Yeah, Tam is, an, she's just an incredible person and has had a very pivotal career in terms of what she started out doing and what she's doing now. She packed up from Perth at 19 and moved to the US. She lived there for many, many years, worked in social media in terms of talent management. She managed the Kardashians and also somehow at the same time did a master's in psychology. I don't know how she fitted that all in in her time there. And now is back in Sydney, recently got married after three attempts thanks to COVID and is running Empower Her Healing. And she is just a very intuitive, calming human being who really marries the two of intuition and and trained psychology. And I I love her healing sessions. I think they're great. I loved having a chat with her because I've only known her for a very short time, but I feel like we've known each other forever. And we got to speak to her and her mum very recently. Her mum's in Perth, unfortunately. And has three daughters. Yes. Who all left Perth. Yeah. And I I just feel for her. I mean, she's obviously a very strong woman. I mm. mean, it was sort of a bit emotional. I think she yeah, did she shed did a tear yeah. when I was basically saying to her, how do you cope with that? How, you know, that you've got these three beautiful daughters and not one lives with you. And she's now got grandchildren overseas and, you know, is not able, and especially under COVID times, not able to see them. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I've got my daughter and grandchildren living here and my son and I just I can't imagine what it's like to have children that don't live in the same city as you. Yeah. But she was the sort of mother that obviously gave her girls the strength to be able to be independent and go and make their own lives. And yeah. that was sort of that makes her yeah happy and and she knows that she's done an amazing job with mm. them. That they had the confidence. So Tam lives here in Sydney. She has one sister in Melbourne and another sister in London. So COVID aside, not so easy to get to see them all in one room at the same time. I don't think that's happened for a very long time, unfortunately. And yet she still has a great relationship and a lot of patience for her girls at any time that they need her, which is really nice. Mm. And she's a Pilates teacher, so she still obviously has a- busy. Yeah, I was going to say, has a life, you know, very um, active life of her own, which obviously is important to her. And um, yes, but still an amazingly connected mother. And it was, yeah, lovely, lovely speaking with them. Yeah. So grab some tissues. It does get a bit emotional. But enjoy the show and we'll see you next week. So you can both tell us a little bit about family life growing up in Perth. Um, Mum, you want to start? <laughs> yeah, start. Uh, 
Yeah, very sheltered upbringing in a good way. And yeah, I guess not not a good way, but it, it definitely um, when you when you're raised in, in such a sheltered kind of community um, and then you're kind of thrown into the, the big wide world, it can be a little confronting, um, but beautiful upbringing in terms of Perth's just such a, a gorgeous, underrated city in Australia. Australia um, obviously went to a Jewish school, you know, probably very similar upbringing to what you had, George. Think so. Um, yeah, nothing out of the ordinary. Very nurturing, loving family. Thankfully, um, yeah, just have lived in kind of between two suburbs where a lot of the Jewish community in, in Perth lives. So, just very community centered and orientated. Um, yeah. So sounds, sounds, like, sounds like a lovely upbringing, like lovely, yeah. ch- lovely childhood into teenagehood. Definitely, definitely. Mom, did you want to say anything about my upbringing? Well, yeah, I think it was very simple because life in Perth is, is kind of uncomplicated. I think disadvantages to it being so small, it can be a very parochial kind of place where everyone knows everyone else's business. So mm-hmm. it's a little limiting from that point of view. And I think that's possibly why all my girls decided to fly. Fly the coop. Yes, very early on. Um, and I think there might be some kind of reflection on that. They did do it early, but... As a parent, you know, you need to let your children fly because that's what's important. So um, I think that probably took them out of their home quicker than it should have. But, you know, in hindsight, foresight is hindsight. That, that must have been really hard for you. I mean, I hope you don't mind me asking, but. Oh. <laughs> it's, I think it's actually harder now than it was then. Yes. Because I still had um, a young child at home. Well, she's nine years younger than Tamron. Right. Six years than the middle one. So I still had one at home that was a distraction. And then yes. it was just that they're all gone. And then it was, I think, harder now than it was then, actually. Yes. How, yes. Old, how old were the girls when they left? Tamron was 19. Gosh, I and yeah, I left the country. Like I moved countries. Wow. Really I was calculating. Cool. I thought you were at least in your 20s, but I didn't realise you were that no. young. No. And like, you know, I don't regret anything, but as my mum said, in retrospect, it was so young to leave home. And the country. And it's not like I was just doing like, yeah, I wasn't just doing like a, a gap year or mm. travelling. Like I literally packed up and left Gosh. and started a new life in the US. Um, and the the most amazing thing is that my parents never stopped me. They never said to me, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Although I wish kind of they, they probably wish that they had. Um, but it just goes to show they, they gave me that freedom and... I came back, maybe not to Perth, but I came back to the same country. So it's in the same country at least. Yeah, yeah. I think the learning, the value of learning, you know, even though the learning was a tough learning curve for Tamron because she's so young. I mean, she learned incredible lessons that I possibly couldn't have taught her. It was just life experience. Not that I would have wished those life experiences on her, but I think it made her a stronger, you know, a stronger individual. Well, and, um, I guess obviously you must have given 
all your girls the confidence to spread their wings and leave, which is, you know, hard, mm. but obviously, you know, you parented beautifully to be able to give them the confidence for that. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think as a, a mother you're always analytical about your style and I always double-thought myself. I mean, everything was just should I be doing this and I think at the end of the day you have the best intentions, you do what you can do and um, it doesn't always work out well, but you do what you can do with the best intentions. Of course. Uh, yes. I was going to say, well, you've from being a good friend of Tam's and only for a very short while, you've done an amazing job with her. So I kinda, I'm, I'm sure it's the same for all of the girls that they're beautiful human beings and, and I think it's a credit to you for letting them go because they still have that amazing bond with you. I think, you know, if you probably would have given them pushback, it probably wouldn't have, they might have gone anyway and then potentially would have broken a relationship. Funny enough, I never thought that I ever had that control over them. Like I do see mm -hmm. some parents where they restrict and I, I, I never, you know, there's a, um, a wonderful saying by Cahill Goodbrand and he says, your children come through you but they're not, they don't belong to you. And I always kind of had that in the back of my head because as much as you love your children desperately, dearly, you can never really... They can never really be you, and you can. And I always thought that you can't live vicariously through your children. No. Often you want to protect them from pain, and you can see what's coming up for them, but you can't control that. You just have to let it be. Mm. I think that's yeah. very good parenting. <laughs> it's yeah, it's interesting because I was going to say I've I've seen people who's you know and not I'm not judging, but you just you do see how other people are brought up and obviously everyone has their own way of, of bringing up children. George, you have your own way, you have your own parenting style, which isn't right or wrong. It's just your way. And then, you know, other parents have their way. And I've, I've just seen very restrictive parenting, um, you know, in, in people kind of our age and how that has translated into, you know, know not really wanting or craving that close relationship with mm. their parent or their mother there's there's kind of been a, a big boundary put in place because that parent hasn't necessarily given that child the freedom or even just trust hasn't trusted that child to make their own decisions and I think when you allow your child to you know move countries or do something that necessarily doesn't you know, not, not sit well with you, but it's something that you wouldn't necessarily encourage, but it's something you allow and you give that space and that capacity for that to happen. That allows that child to, to build trust within themselves. Um, and I think that that's probably a skill my mom has given me without probably even realizing mm. is, is I, 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 I'm a firm believer in my decisions and what I do. And I, I don't encounter self-doubt often because that's kind of, you know, how things, I, I guess that's how, that's what she, she created for me. She created that space. I think retrospectively I would have um, perhaps uh, expressed my feelings about certain things uh, in hindsight. Um, I would have maybe said things that I didn't say. So 
I've said from Tamron from now onwards, if I feel that there's something that doesn't sit well with me that affects you, and I think say. that was because she was very young. So she mm. made decisions that possibly weren't for her best interests. And I never said anything, even though I felt that this wasn't good for her because I always wanted to give her a sense of her own independence, mm. accountability, whatever. But in hindsight, I did say to her, well, recently I said to her, if I ever feel there's something that I need to say to you, I won't stop. I won't hold that. And, and, <laughs> and how, did you, how did you take that when your mum said that to you? What did you say? Um, I think I was just like, yeah, go for it. You know, I was just, I, I don't, my mum's never interfered. So for her to say that doesn't feel interfering. It feels very authentic and real. So I was just like, sure, do it. <laughs> you know, I don't think I, I don't think that was pushed back in, 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 res- in my response was that. I don't think there was. Yes. And oh, I guess that's nice. That, yeah. Having said that, if Tamron, if I say something to Tamron and she doesn't feel that this is what she wants, she's very open, says, look, this is my business, not your business. In fact, she'll push back at me and I'll say, okay, I respect, but you need to hear what I have yes. to say yeah. and then do what you need to do. But this is my opinion on what I think. Yeah. Does, does the reverse happen? Does Tam give you advice or does she give an opinion? <laughs> Has an opinion, definitely. <laughs> 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 an opinion on my life. Yes, yes. Um, Tamron, have you? <laughs> I don't think she's commented. She's commented on oh, stuff you've seen about me. She has commented. Yeah, and I've always listened and never sort of. If it's true for me, it's true for me. If it's not, then it's her truth, not mine. You know. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever really like said to you, um, like called you out per se, maybe like things here and there. Maybe if my mom leads me there, like she says, oh, this situation happened and Mm. she opens up to me about something, then I'll comment on what I perceive or what Mm. I see Mm. about that. I'll give my feedback. More of an outside kind Um, of influence. you know, yeah, I think you parent uh, with resources that you had or didn't have. So I always have made, and, and sometimes it's detriment to myself, I've always made my life private and not shared it with my children, which sometimes is not the greatest thing. Uh, because unfortunately, I had a mother who shared everything and too much. So mm. a lot of what my personal stuff is not really shared with my children because I, I mean, now that they're older, yes, a little bit more, but when they were growing up, it was like my life was private and I never sort of, there was something bad going on. It was between, you know, an expression between friends, adult friends or my husband. But not the children. You didn't drag them into it. But I think that's also an age thing because there's a, you know, there's a time and a place where you can have those, uh, you know, sort of adult conversations. And I've done air quotes, even though I've realised this is a voice recording, so you won't be able to see the air quotes. But um, I think um, there's, you know, there's a time and a place, but it's also if it's in reference to them, you know, I think it's, I can imagine you would have had an open and honest dialogue with Tam and the girls, but if it's sort of not necessary to bring them in because it's going to cause them angst or anxiety then you know it's not like you're keeping it from them it's more a protection thing oh, than sure. anything else. Prote- yeah protecting them 
I think I did protect them a little bit too, like long, long, like I could have shared a lot adult-wise. But like my kids won't really know if I'm, you know, I've been upset or I just don't share those things with them because I just was, to me when I was growing up, things were overshared. So I think it's a big burden because children. Ch- know, children should be children. Even adult children, like you see your parents upset or there's something going on. It's not something you want to fix it. And I just feel that that's something that just wasn't part of, you know, the relationship. It was just sometimes to the detriment of myself. I mean, if I think about it, I could possibly share a lot more, but I just don't. And that was my, you know, from my upbringing as a child. Mm-hmm. I think it does happen though. You either sometimes, you know, if you've had an experience that has affected you in a certain way, mm-hmm. you don't want to, yeah. you, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to do the same because you know how it made you feel, mm-hmm. even though, and potentially because the girls aren't there and they won't be able to physically be able to comfort you. Maybe that's also part of it is that yeah. you think if you tell them, then they'll be like, oh, wait, we're not there yeah, to give mum a hug. And I, I was going to say it's not so easy to jump on a plane and see her at the moment either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, parenting is a t- tough call. It's um, step by step, two steps forward, three steps back. It's never a continuum of, oh, I just know it. I always sort of envy people that just – parented without really considering outcomes or, you know, they just knew what to do. And there are some people that do that and they never question themselves. I think my mind was just a very over-analytical one and I always questioned, you know, and three children uh, parenting with similar style because their individual was not always the same, but always wondering, gee, you know, that didn't work for that kid, but that worked for that kid. Yes, It was always constantly, you know, well, Something like I, I guess, yeah, I always sort of think you you um, parent the same, but each child is different, and so they aren't going to be the same. You know, you think because they come out of mm. the one mould that they should yes. be the same, but they're not. They're you create individuals, yeah. which is wonderful. Even especially when they're the same gender, you know, I find that with my boys because they're both boys. I think, oh yeah, they've whatever disciplining techniques or comfort techniques or whatever is going to work for them. But they're not. They're indivi- I mean, everyone's an individual regardless. So, yeah, it mm. is hard. But it is hard as a parent because you're always, you're always questioning what you're doing every mm-hmm. single day. It's the toughest job in the world. <laughs> but most rewarding and wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say, going back to when Tam was in the US because that was the time we could – travel a little bit more did you give her any guidance when she left or you were just kind of like okay you're going and I'll trust you and and see what happens on the other side there was a lot of guidance (laughs) at that yes a lot of guidance a lot of talking a lot of her asking her to think about things that she might not have thought about before um, yes, lots and lots of conversations. Mm. Tam, did you go for, did you pick up and decide or did you have a job and then you were like, okay, I found this job, I'm going? No, I, I just picked up and, and left. That's and, amazing. And what an amazing uh, thing to do. 
Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was such a long time ago that I almost like don't don't remember it. And there's so much irony in it as well. Like I was the kid who got sent home all the time from like sleepaway camps in school because I would it. get so homesick. Oh. And then yet I was like the only one and first one who like left Perth at such a young age. Like, so it's just like so much irony, you know, in that. It's funny to think about. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, yes, she was, she she had a, a little bit of separation anxiety when she was growing up as an adolescent, you, you know, yeah. she was an adolescent, she didn't like to sleep away from home, and she didn't like to be away from home, so it was never something, um, my husband was more like the tougher one, um, but then I said, look, if that's the way she's feeling, I mean, he drove hours <laughs> away to get to camps to go and fetch her, because mm. she <laughs> Not dealing with it. Like he always said, make her go. And I wasn't really comfortable with that. Then I, you know, sort of said, okay, well, you just go. But if you feel like you can't do it, you need to come home. And that's what she did. And mm. we supported that. So a lot of her contemporary, the parents of her contemporaries said to me, oh my God, I can't believe she was always the kid that, you know, never went to school camps or never or was picked up halfway through the camp. And here she is flying off to America to live in a completely different country with, you know, there was family there. My sister lives there, but it wasn't where Tamara was living. And she studied and she, um, you know, she made a life for herself and it, it was fantastic. It's amazing. Amazing, you know, from as you say, from the child that she was, it must have been such a surprise when she actually you know, made that decision to actually do it. Like what a turnaround. But probably you might have obviously been very proud of her from the child she was to then being such a confident young woman to be able to do something like that because, you know, not not many of us are brave enough to do that. Well, I think a goal as a parent and my particular goal was if you can see your children as self-sufficient and independent, I think you've done a good job. I don't ever want my children to feel like, they need me and they can't live without me. I mean, they can love me. Yes. Like they love me intensely, but I don't want them to ever feel like I'm going to be there to rescue or save them. I mean, I, I, my support is unconditional and they know that, but they need to know that they're okay on their own, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was always my goal, make them as confident, independent as they can possibly be. And then I've done a good job. You have so done obviously a very good job. Very good job. <laughs> what did you feel like, Tam, when you were finally, when you made the decision and then you were living in New York and LA, how mm-hmm. did you feel in terms of staying connected with your mom? What kind of did you actively think of ways of being connected? Because you are obviously very intuitive person and a very mm-hmm. connected person and obviously have a very good relationship with your mom so how did you did you consciously navigate that or do you think you just kind of were like I'm doing this and yeah I'll call mom and yeah I'll see mom and you know maintain the relationship that way I guess it was a very different time then because um for most of the time there wasn't like FaceTime I guess mm-hmm. there was Skype and stuff like mm-hmm. that but we didn't really do that there wasn't really FaceTime or WhatsApp I'm making it sound like it was such a long, a long time, time ago. I know, you're so old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very recent, right? Like mm. within the last, you know, 
I don't know, eight years or seven mm. years, but there were a few years where I couldn't speak to her via like video. Um, so it would just be phone. And then, you know, I just remember, I think it was living in New York. The time difference was particularly bad, yeah. like with Perth and New York. It's like, I think there's like a, I don't know if I remember this correctly, like a two or three hour with every day that you can actually speak. And given that like you're both, you're two busy people, mm. that's not giving you much time. No. There's like mm. a lot of stress out, out of like, Oh, you know, if I miss that, well then I've, it rolls over to the next day. Mm. And if I miss mm. that, then rolls- so I just remember obviously trying our best to keep in contact as much as possible. But I do remember the time difference of New York being particularly bad and then getting a lot easier once I moved over to the West Coast to to LA. And the time difference was definitely more manageable. Um, But we did, we did, and we do still speak, I think, quite often. Um, I would say every day, if not every day, then a few times a week at least. Um, But yeah, I think when also you're, you kind of don't know any different in a sense. It's, it's a, it's a different, um, it's a different experience. So if I was used to seeing my mom, like absolutely every day, then I would be on the phone to her like multiple times a day, you know, like the two of you are, but it's, (laughs) it's so different when you're in different cities, countries. I think also every time Tamron visited us here in Perth or we went over to America, we'd always have a date when we said goodbye that we would see each other again. So it was always, it was that really helped. Yeah. Make, knowing the next, you know. the next reunion was, even if it yeah. was not that close, at least you had it in mind. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that mentally helped. How, how long were you in, in the US for? 10 years. Wow. Long time. How, how many, yeah. how many times, Michelle, do you, do you think you visited? It was a lot yeah. easier then. Yeah, we probably went once a year to her and she would come once a year to us so we'd see each other. Uh, At least. Like I would sometimes come twice a year. So I would say I saw them like three times a year, which considering like the past year with COVID restrictions was kind of, I was more, I saw them more often when I lived in the US. What a joke than in Australia. Yeah. 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 And did you feel like when you came back together, did you feel like, no time has passed. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think, you know, communication is something that you can, you don't have to do face to face. So mm. I knew what was going on in her life, even though she wasn't living here. Um, so that closeness is there. You know, the, it's, it's, it's the little things like just seeing each other or having a coffee together or doing something together, which is the gap. But the actual... Um, integrity of the relationship is as it is, you know, if you, if you know what's going on in the person's life and that, and that intense communication is happening on a regular basis, then you don't feel like, oh, my God, I've got to catch up. It's just mm. Yes, because you're able to, as you say, speak and just hear, you know, what's going on day to, to day. Yeah, sure. Do, sure. You, do you actually, Michelle, do you have regular, like, catch-ups with all your girls do you know what I mean like is is there sort of a regular book in time for them all or it's just whenever we we did a zoom mother's day because I have a mother who's still alive she's going to be 95 this year oh so it's lovely to my house and uh the girls all we had a zoom catch-up and 
Uh, yes, so Zooms on Mother's Day, birthdays, my husband's birthday, Father's Day, we'll do that all together or their birthdays. But the girls just call me whenever they think they need to. Yes. And then they don't and they don't, you know. Um, well, Tamron is one who likes to communicate, so I'll hear from her often. <laughs> right. Um, the other two, they're busy, so, and there's a time lapse. One lives in London. Yes. So, so sometimes to hear from her. But what I do notice is when they have issues or problems, they're on the phone <laughs> to you. I'm getting call, and then I just let them have what vent or have whatever they have to say and, you know, not give too much of an opinion because they'll tell me if, you know. I actually didn't want to hear your opinion. I just wanted to tell you. Yes, yeah, just share. Yes, I just wanted to tell you what's going on and and I I am a fixer. I like to rescue, fix, do (laughs) whatever, give advice and they'll say sometimes to me, Mum, just I've heard you. Yes. Shoot. (laughs) Stick stick to your own lane. (laughs) (laughs) Just just, let me me just vent and then, then I'm done. They just want you to be their their sounding yeah. board. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So that's um, that's the way things have worked out. But um, you know, um, I don't feel the need to speak to them. I, I kind of let them call me rather than you know, because I know that they're busy. You know, I mean, if there's something to be said, I will. Yes, but I don't. It's it's more spontaneous gestures that and I've noticed I've noticed if like she doesn't hear from us like in a like two days or something I'll always get a message how are you like that's like like meaning call me call me yeah it's like the check-in yeah it's kind of the cryptic like how are you doing you know check in or call when you have to do that actually I do that not um, yeah yeah I just if I'm thinking about them I'll just text how are you doing I think that's yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's kind of nice just to say, yeah, thinking of you, that's really what you're saying. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes they will respond to me straight away and sometimes it will take a couple of days. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that, is, that is the nature of, first of all, not being in the same time zones mm. and having busy lives and just, you know, mm. doing what yeah. you need. And you've obviously gotten, you know, over time, I mean, you've gotten used to it. Obviously, I'm sure you'd love to have the girls next to you, but it's something that you've almost, you, you've allowed them to have that freedom. So you still got to give them the freedom, even if they don't call you like I do with mum, like five times a day. You'd never get anything done if you had the three girls calling you five times a day, actually. No, no. And sometimes I come a call through and I'm just busy and I can't answer it at that specific time. And, you know, I mean, if it's something urgent, yes, but if sometimes you can't. It's no. It's just the nature of, of life, you know. I mean, my, my thoughts are often like there's a little wish list that I have and, and perhaps, you know, your wish list is that you, you'd have at least one child with some grandchildren living in Living in your city. I I mean, uh, that yeah. is, if you choose, mum, you've got one choice. You have to choose one child of three. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying which one? Are you saying which one? She's, oh. she's putting you on the spot. Which one? Which one's yeah. it going to be? Anyone. Any, yes. I'd have any of them. Just of course. You, you know, experience of being 
not a virtual grandmother, an actual grandmother. You yes, know? yeah. I think that um, that's tough, really. Mm-hmm. That you know, I I'm very blessed that you know I've got the boys here, and if I don't see them for a couple of days, like physically see them, I, I get withdrawals. You know, it's like you know, it's it's yeah. it's hard when you're used to it. So. I, I I don't want to upset you. I feel bad, but you know, I I totally feel for you. Oh, sorry. That's oh. okay. Oh, oh, that's so hard. Because I said to Jordana, I don't want to upset her by saying those sort of things. But I feel. Do you know what I mean? I I understand. Yeah, it's life. It is what it is. Yes. Yeah. And the best that we can do. Yes. Uh-huh. Sure. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think. You know, also the experience of a grandmother, I've only been a grandmother to my daughter in London. Um, I think I never anticipated the joy that a, a grandchild would, you know, give me. I mean, to me, parenthood was such, it was hard work. It was a challenge. And then you get this little thing that just is adorable and you don't really have to do anything. That, I know. Like second time around and so much easier. Oh, it's so easy. So I, I just think that joy is just, you cannot explain it until you actually experience what being a grandmother, you know, yes. feels like. It's so you, you, you have one, one grandchild? I have one. He's nearly two. And then another one with the, the one that's in London, she's expecting a second in July. Oh, lovely. Oh, congratulations. That's so lovely. Thank well, uh, hopefully uh, soon. You'll be able to get over there, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. Have, have you matter. just out of it? Have you had your vaccine yet? No, I haven't. No. No, I haven't. I'm just waiting to see how how things all... how things go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, the borders won't open possibly till 2022. So, you know, there's a lot of time. You know, but, I mean, I think they'll come over as soon as they can. Yes. I mean, we'll make a plan, you know. They've had their vaccines, I think, so they'll, they'll be well, able to make a plan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after the baby's born. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. 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 So, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, look at this. <laughs> Tam, when you moved home, well, when you made the decision to move home and you – you then made the decision to move to Sydney. Was that a hard decision as opposed to moving to back to Perth with your mum and dad? Well, I was in Perth for a couple of months with them. We actually drove each other so crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we were like living back at home essentially for a couple of months, um, just finding my bearings, figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, and no, it just it, Sydney felt right at the time. Um, so I went with that, I went with that decision intuitively and just, yeah, I, I follow through on things. So I, my mom can attest to this, like I have a very strong, I'm very strong willed. So what I want, I go after what, you know, I feel is for me. I do like, I'm just, so it's very hard for someone to come in and be like, well, are you sure you want to do Mm. that? Or have you thought about this? So that very just kind of strong willed in, in that way. That's very good. I think, I think also when you came back to Perth, there was no, there was socially there was nothing really for you. So, so yeah. do you, the question begs asking: Do I make Tamron stay here because of us, or mm. do I want a life for her? And that's the, the 
the big question. It's like I don't want her here with me and unhappy. I mean, she's got a young, she's a young woman, and she needs to have a full life. Do I guilt her into staying here because we're here, or do I say, yeah, again, go fly? Mm, I mean, yeah, yeah. she did. She did, and she did really, and she did really well when she did, because obviously coming from LA and you had an amazing job, and it was extremely exciting. It's obviously very different to what you're doing now, you know, being in social media, working with the Kardashians in LA, and then you come back to Perth, and it's like, yeah, you kind of you needed the sort of the interim in terms of maybe the hustle and bustle more of Sydney to kind of keep you engaged. Definitely. And it's funny because initially when I moved to Sydney, I was like, it's so slow. (laughs) Compared to LA, I'm I'm sure Uh, that must have been been an adjustment in itself. Huge adjustment, huge adjustment to move countries again back to Australia, even though it's like my roots, Um, very big culture shock. Um, and now it's funny because that was like three, three years ago that I moved back to Australia, just over three years ago. And I was like, ah, oh, Sydney's so slow. And now I'm like in the mindset of I want slow. Like I love Perth. I love like the slowness. I love being grounded. I love, I don't love the hustle and bustle anymore. I like want to move away from that. So it's so funny as you grow and evolve, how your preferences just change over time. Mm. I guess it's, it just takes a while to adjust to that, you know, that it took you, as you say, a while to adjust from moving to America, then back to Sydney. And then it's sort of like all of a sudden, yes, Sydney becomes then too hectic. Yeah, exactly. All an adjustment. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And Tam, in terms of you've done a pivot and now you're doing Empower Her and with intuitive healing, but have you always been like that? Like Michelle, has she always been very intuitive? Um, I think Tamron's always been an analytical mind, deep thinker, thought about things, uh, overanalyzed things to the point of nauseam and nauseam. Like, pick things up and work things out and I just go with the flow, Tamron, no, I need to work out why, how, what. So I think always been that kind of personality. I think as she's grown older, she started to be confident with her intuition. So... That's all helped and life experience has, has taught her a lot about who she is and what she is, you know. Um, yeah, I think I've always been intuitive, but that's a good point. I never thought of that before when my mom just said my confidence in my intuition mm-hmm. is probably heightened, which has caused my intuition to also heighten even more. I've got more confidence in that because we're living in a world that's not really intuitive. Like, you know, I'll say to my mom, that person's pregnant. Like before that person announces, like I'll just sense no, it, you know. Wow. And time after time after time after time, I'll say to my mom, X, Y, and Z, and she's like, how do you know this? I'm like, mom, I'm intuitive, remember? And I think like it's just we're living in such a world where intuition isn't something that's necessarily valued or celebrated no. or open like it's very kind of pushed down and it's like well no I need to see facts yes to to believe in it yeah exactly so um yeah as the years have gone on I've become you know definitely more confident in my intuitive abilities yeah do do you think you inherited that from your mum is that obviously something that she's got 
too. Yeah, I, I think my mom's intuitive. I think she's sensitive to energy. And I think that feeds into what intuition is. And I think that I definitely get from my mom. Interestingly, my dad's also intuitive, mm. but like no, like he's very kind of straighty 180, but he's very like, he'll say things like, oh, I picked up on that. And I'll be like, whoa, dad, me too. Like, how did you pick up on that? No one else did, you know? So, um, he's, I think it comes from both sides in different, in different ways. So you got mm-hmm. lovely. You got a double dose of it. Yeah. Double dose. Double exactly. That's lovely. Yeah. And what has it been like? I mean, Michelle, you're both in health and wellness. So where where do you think that stemmed from before that? Because what's your what's your mum like? Is she also? Mm, I've yeah, seen her on um, Instagram, but I'm not sure what she like if she's you know. Yeah, my mum boot scooted until she was well into her eighties, so she's ninety four now. She's um, yeah, her, she's frail, but her brain is absolutely firing on all cylinders. She's yeah, she's she was always into health and. Um, health mm, kind of different generation health. of health yeah a different generation of health but yes always into exercise and eating healthily to a degree yep so I think yeah it would have come from my background for sure for sure yeah. because mm. uh, Michelle you you teach Pilates is that I do I do I do how, how long have you been doing that for Oh, um, it's over 30 years Oh, now, wow. So, a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's actually Pilates I only started in 2004, but I've been a fitness instructor since, uh, yeah, 30 years. Gosh, oh, yeah. before it became yeah. a thing. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, wow, way yeah. ahead of your time. Like the OG Pilates instructor. She is the OG <laughs> Pilates instructor. <laughs> Yeah. Tam, do you find that you found, like obviously you have your mum and you know she's always there, but in terms of in Sydney, have you found that you've got like a mother figure that you look towards if you need that, like like that hug? I mean, I know I love to give you a hug and make you feel good, yeah. but I, I'm, not a, I'm not, you know, mum yeah, figure. Yeah, I, I definitely have that and I'm, I'm really grateful that I do have that person. But, again, no one can really replace no. your mother. Oh, um, that's nice. Your mum's happy about that. That's a nice smile. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I think it sounds genuine. Oh, um, no, but I definitely, I do have that figure and I, I am grateful for her. But remember, I've only been here for three years. So mm. it's like, it, even though like, you know, I can speak personally to you, George, like we have a very special deep connection as you've said, like it's, it's a short period of time. Mm. Not that that defines our connection or our bond, but you know, the, the history is short. So it's kind of the same thing for anyone else in my life in Sydney, like as close as I am to that person, it's still new. It's still new. Yeah. Whereas your mother's obviously like historic, very historical. It's the first person you met and who met you. So it's, you know, no replacing. Yeah. 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 All right, well, Tam, I know you're on borrowed time, so we're going to go into the quick lightning round um, to finish up. So one word to describe your relationship, you can both answer this, when Tam was a teenager. Mm. Uh, One word. Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, 
it was pleasant. It was she wasn't she wasn't terribly rebellious, so it was quite quite an easy Easy. Isn't that funny? That's exactly yeah. the word uh, I used yeah. with Jordana. I said easy. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Uh, I, comfortable, um, comfortable for me because I, I I remember having friends who wouldn't like tell their mum anything. Mm. And like I think sometimes I told my mom too, too much, much growing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, have, I have my first kiss, or you know, this guy wants to kiss me, or this da, da, da. my mom's like, I don't need to know mm-hmm. these things. Too much information. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I think comfortable is a lovely word. Yeah. Uh, one word to describe your relationship in adulthood, Michelle. Um, fulfilling, very fulfilling. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Mm. Can I use two words? Yes. <laughs> um, nurturing and sacred. Oh, that's so nice. You always find the right words though. <laughs> what mm. characteristics do you think, um, Michelle, you can go first, that she has from you? Um, yes, the, I, I think the intuition being intuitive, um, sensitive. Um, I get my empathy from you, I think. Empathy, empathetic, yeah. Compassionate, mm, yeah. And most memorable moment in your relationship? Most memorable moment, moment. in your relationship? Ah, there's so many, I can't put my finger on it. I'm just trying to think of one. I'll say recently, Tamarindly married. Mm. Lovely to see her happy and settled. Yeah, it was such a a, such a, a beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah, a life partner. Yeah, that is yes. A yes. Person, human being. Yeah, they, they, a, they look very um, connected. Yeah, and as a parent, that's very satisfying. Yes, right? yes, very satisfying. Well, yeah, it was third yeah. time's a charm. We were very excited to finally see yeah. that wedding happen. Mm. Very excited. Good old COVID. <laughs> yeah, good old COVID. Yep. So who gives the best advice? Who gives the best advice? Of course, me. <laughs> of course, <laughs> a mother should, uh, well, the mother should always say that. I mean. Uh, I'm not. I'm not modest about you're asking. All my clients would say I give the best advice. <laughs> Maybe Tammy, you need to do like a just a test and learn and have your mum come to one of your sessions and just and then you can do a survey and just see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See who wins. Yeah. And is there you- is there a time in your life you wish you could relive? Uh, not necessarily change, but relive. No. No time. No, no, no reliving. Well, you mean between Tamron and I? Uh, Any time. Mum, uh, I mean, mum, mum did say, oh, when, when, the, I, was when, ba- the, when, when I was a baby. Yeah. Kids were babies. I just, you know, I, I would love to go. I said I would have loved to have gone back when they were babies just to have enjoyed it a little bit more. Like it just was so hectic. I love babies. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. But then on the other hand, it was like um, I was glad some of the bits of those times were done and dusted because it's challenging. It's very oh, challenging. Absolutely. Yes. Not having any time and just be constantly, you know, absorbed with, with children and their needs and their wants and, mm. you know, trying to fit everything in. Uh, would I go back? Um, yeah, I'd agree with you to go back and enjoy it a little bit more mm. because 
that time is so fleeting. Yes. It just passes by. And I think that's the value of being a grandparent because you can then just settle into it and, and there's no there's no restrictions there. You can just love yes. abundantly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tam, is there a time you would re- relive? Um, <laughs> I think my mom's going to disagree with this, but I actually had like some really amazing um, times with her on a retreat in Bali. There were just some times that stood out that were really lovely, even though I think I was a bit of a nightmare to be around at times. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. I really like, I don't know, for some reason that stands out to me. That's not, that was just the two of you? It was. It was right after a very hectic time in my life. Um, and we went on a retreat together to Bali a while ago, but um, there were there were some challenging times of that retreat, but some really beautiful times. Oh, funny that's lovely. Times. That's very nice. Well, that's, yeah, yeah that's very uh, special, obviously, that that's sort of, obviously a very important uh, memory in your life anyway that you you could cope with reliving obviously or would be lovely to relive it yeah i would change a few things maybe (laughs) (laughs) can't do that unfortunately it's always good to dream though um so i mean we've covered this but how many times a day do you call each other so um i don't know it depends like if we've missed each other that like in terms of like we've missed each other's calls, we'll sometimes keep trying until we get a hold of each other. But otherwise, just maybe like once once a day, if like we've spoken to each other, there's yeah. no need to like again. Yeah. Right? Um, unless there's something that's uh, happened. So unless if something's happened in your life, and I mean I've had conversations like six or eight times with you because you need to tell me something it's an important thing there'll be numerous times in the day and Mm. if life is running smoothly and there's nothing really you know just other than hi how's your life what's going on then maybe once once a day or once every couple of days or sometimes Tam has been that busy that I haven't heard from her for like a week (laughs) well thank god for social media you feel like you feel like you're there with her and tap in and she'll say, look, I won't speak to you because I've just got so many sessions and I just cannot get to the phone and a, a quick text will do, you know. So, so I think we also cover that who calls the most, but obviously it, it's probably more Tam because you were saying that, you know, your girls are busy. So that's sort of an easier way of communicating that you wait to hear from them. Sure. Yes. That's how, that's how I look at it. That's how mm-hmm. I look at it. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you, you don't keep much from each other, it seems like, but is there anything you've always wanted to ask or tell each other but you never have? Oh, no. Tamara will, no. will ask anything. No holds barred. I'm like, actually, she's asked me something. I'm like, Tamara, that's not your business. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's my private life. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I've never... I think it's because I'm a private person, I respect people's privacy. So unless you want to tell me something and you want to share it with me, I, I feel these like unspoken boundaries I would never cross. I would yeah. never put you to cross, so vice versa. Yeah. No, my answer no. You can ask you, the you question. You said everything. Yeah, that's lovely. You ask, sorry. You can ask the question, but I might not answer <laughs> oh, I 
Well, it was lovely to speak to you both. And um, you've obviously you. got a beautiful relationship, continued happiness, and even though you live apart, but obviously you're still very connected. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Oh, pleasure. pleasure. Thanks for Enjoy joining. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you. And I'll get a coffee soon. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> definitely. Been way too long. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. Bye. Thanks, Tam. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you have a mother and daughter story that you would like to share, send us a DM on Instagram at Mothers and Daughters Pod. If you loved this episode, please subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss a new episode. Spread the love and share the podcast with your mum or sister or friend. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. See you next week and don't forget to call your mum.